Hey everyone, for this episode of our ENC Leadership Podcast, we are featuring a recording that we made before the COVID-19 pandemic spread into the world. And uh, it's from a mini-series that we're releasing called Straight to the Point with some uh, timeless and classic leadership insights. But we felt that this particular episode really has application even for right now in that what we are facing is unprecedented, in that what we are facing is something we have we couldn't have planned for, or though we probably should have tried. And so what do leaders do in the face of so much uncertainty? That's what we're talking about in this episode. So without further ado, here it is, straight to the point, there is no map. In this episode, we answer the question, how do I know exactly what to do as a leader? Is there a map that comes with leadership? And the answer is there, there is no map. There's no map, there's no recipe, there's no formula, there's no list that tells you exactly what to do, how to do it, and when to do it to reach your objective. Each leader is going to have to find their own thing. Nowadays with technology, we've got maps, you know, like Google Maps or Waze that tell us exactly what to do. You know, in 100 meters, turn right, or 500 meters, stick to the left. They even tell us roadblocks to anticipate, vehicles stopped in the shoulder ahead, or traffic up ahead, or, or even police reported ahead. And that's possible because these are roads that are mapped out. These are roads that people know about. And that's why it's not possible in leadership because you are bringing people through roads that nobody has mapped out before. Yeah, there are principles that apply universally and there are examples that will be helpful to you, some more helpful than others, but it's never going to be a step-by-step thing. And that's because each leadership situation is different. And we have to learn this because we read leadership books, we see leadership examples, we hear stories, and we want to copy what they've done, but it's not always the most applicable thing. I, I was very susceptible to this growing up. You know, so I read so many different books from different industries and spheres of society, and I thought, oh, that's what I should be as a leader. So I read Built to Last by Jim Collins, which was a book that did a profile of companies that lasted hundreds of years, uh, not hundreds, but over 100 years. And one of the markers that they had was they set big, hairy, audacious goals, B-H-A-G-S, B-HAGs, as people said. So I thought, wow, that's what I should do with campus ministry. I should set a B-HAG for my team. More recently, I, I read books like How Google Works or Work Rules, which talks about um, how, uh, you know, Google's HR. And one of the things they have is OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. Oh, is that what I should do? Should I imp- implement OKRs like those tech companies? Or maybe when I interview people for ministry, I should ask them basic IQ questions like Google. So why is a manhole round? And don't hire anybody who gets a wrong answer. One of my uh, habits before was to, to read military books. I would read all kinds of military books. And so you would read about um, famous generals like Julius Caesar, who actually committed a lot of atrocities. But one of the things that he did that was so good was people said he would eat with the troops. He was one of the troops. He, he shared their sufferings. He slept on the ground with them. So I thought, ah, oh, I should do that. I should eat with my troops. How do I sleep on the ground with them? One of the most famous uh, history examples is the explorer Cortez, who also was guilty of a lot of atrocities, by the way. But, but 
people point to that moment, and I heard about that growing up, how when the Spanish landed in South America, they, they marched up a hill, and, and they knew that they wouldn't have a choice but to, to conquer or die, because as they got to the top, they watched that Cortez had burned their ships. There was no other way back home. They would need to conquer this new land. So, wow, we should be like Cortez. We should burn our ships. Until I thought to myself, how do, how do I do that? What, what exactly am I burning? What is my ship? And is it right for me to burn it? So my point is, each leadership context is different. All of these stories are inspiring, and, and we can get something from them, but they don't necessarily apply immediately to your context. Here are at least five differences that vary between all leaders. Some of them, you might be the same, but in, a, in at least one of these things, um, you'll have a unique situation. And that's why there is no map for you to follow. But you are the one as the leader who's going to figure your way through. What is your leadership context? That's the main problem with the examples I gave earlier. I'm citing from businesses. I'm citing from tech companies. I'm citing from, from uh, Roman imperial armies and conquistadors in, in South America. That's not what I was leading. I was leading a student org. I was leading a small group. I was leading a nonprofit. So your context is automatically different. Where are you leading? Secondly, the time. Even if it's the same context, the time has changed. And people don't uh, acknowledge this enough many times. They, they look at what worked before and they expect that it should work the same way. And so they don't give young leaders the freedom to acknowledge that time is different. I like this quote by a philosopher named Heraclitus, who said, No man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. The point with that is that time moves on. It's not the same river. It might look like it. It might look like it's the same thing in there, but the water that they used to step into has already changed. The same thing. We might be in campus ministry now, and it might be the same campus. It might even look similar, but the manifestations are different. Having uh, gone to Ateneo de Manila and seeing the students there, I'm surprised by how much this changed in the past 20 years since I first went there. It's still the same school, a lot of very familiar uh, mindsets and worldviews, but also a number of new ones that I'm not used to. The time has changed. The third thing that's different are goals. Different teams have different goals. Sports teams are there to try to score points. Businesses are there to try to make money. Campus ministries are there to disciple students. Uh, even if the long-term goals are the same, let's say you have two of the same business or two of the same campus ministry, the short-term goals for those uh, teams could be different because they're in a different time, <laughs> they're in a different context. Which leads me to the fourth one, the team. Your team is unique. What works for one set of people may not work for the other. Even if something is the right move for that group of people, the timing of applying it may change as well. This burned me so many times as a young leader. I would sit with older leaders and I'd say, what did you do? And they would describe what they did and how effective it was. And I would go back to my team and unthinkingly just copy word for word, phrase by phrase, uh, pause for pause even, what they said with, without the impact. In fact, sometimes it was detrimental. And that's because I wasn't thinking of the people in front of me. I was thinking of a formula. If I say these magic words, these people should align. You're leading people. You're not here to do a formula. Which leads to the fifth one, the fifth difference. The context is different. The time is different. Your goals are different. Your team is different. And most importantly, you are different. You, you're the leader. You're different. Each leader is different. So it's impossible to make a manual that we all should follow. 
I wasn't a leader of a hundred-year-old company. I wasn't a leader of a tech company. I'm not Julius Caesar. I'm not Cortez. I had to do what worked for me. I remember one time, uh, I learned a lot of lead about leadership from my dad. And I asked him, how did you pitch to this person? How did you get this person to join your team? He told me what he said. And so I said, I have someone I'm eyeing to join my team. I'm going to use the same script on them. I tried it. And where my dad got an enthusiastic, yes, I will follow, this person said, eh, I'll think about it. I really, I don't, doesn't look good. I came back to my dad and I said, I'm so discouraged. Uh, I thought I said everything right. What did I say wrong? And my dad looked at me and with all kindness said, ah, yes, you did say the right things, but it was Joseph Bonifacio saying it, not Joey Bonifacio saying it. <laughs> and that was painful, but he was right. It didn't matter what I said, it was me saying it. And I had to acknowledge where I was, who I am, and what I'm supposed to do. And when I started from there, then the right leadership moves began to emerge. There are at least five differences, and that's why there is no map. So some applications for us in, when it comes to this uh, insight. Number one, stop looking for a map. Stop looking for a list of instructions. There isn't one. You can ask people, what do I do when? What should I do with this? It's great to get wisdom, but very often we use that as an excuse for not acting because we think we need more knowledge. We think we need more information. There isn't a map. Stop looking for one. Secondly, though, take responsibility and just do something. Make a decision. Make a move. You'll make a mistake and you will learn from it. See, I was looking for a map before so that I wouldn't have to make decisions, so that I could blame somebody else, so that if it didn't work, I could say, well, I was just following what people said. I was stepping back from leading. You see, leadership isn't about following a set of instructions. Ultimately, leaders are judged by results, not by adherence to an abstract set of rules. It doesn't matter how many instructions you followed. What matters is the difference you made in the context and with the people you were called to lead. So take responsibility and do something. Thirdly, realize that there are many ways to accomplish the goal. If there is no map, there's no list of instructions, then there's many ways you could do this. And you could give yourself the leeway to make mistakes. You could give yourself the freedom to feel your way around. Because when you're doing that, when you're figuring stuff out, when you're comparing models, when you're, when you're learning from your uh, decisions, and you're moving forward, even though it's slowly, that's when you're leading. So congratulations, you're a leader. Here are some reflection questions to help you apply this episode. Of those five major areas of variation, context, time, goal, team, and you, which of these has a unique situation that you need to acknowledge now, and how will it affect your leadership? It would be great if you had someone you could talk to about this, a team member or a mentor or, or a friend who knows what you're going through as well. So that's it. There is no map in leadership, but thankfully, there is a leader. That's you, where you are. And that encourages us to know that, God, what are you calling me to do where I am at this time? I've talked to a number of leaders already who are seeing and feeling anxiety because they see what other people are doing and they're wondering, why can't I do what they're doing? But what we need to take into account is that's not where we're called to lead. We are in a particular case and context, and God will hold us accountable for where we are. So if that's you, I hope you don't feel condemned or feel like you, you should be doing more than what God's telling you to do. 
Instead, I pray that we hear His voice and we're guided by that. And one very helpful way for hearing God's voice is processing with other people. In fact, we've designed these podcasts for people to discuss and to listen to, not just uh, hearing a recording and going off on your own, but having a spiritual family, having friends, having a team. So we highly recommend that you do that with the people around you, your local campus ministry team, uh, your small group, your, your leadership group. And if, you, if you'd like, you can shoot us a message at ENC Leaders on Facebook so we can continue the conversation there. God bless you.